Hello, it's Louise again with episode 7 of the Knit British Podcast. Hello everyone, come in, come in. So nice to have you around again. It's nice to welcome in listeners old and new. This episode I have some of my cast on and cast offs, a little trip to the Highland Wool Festival, a yarn review of Skeen Queen's Uzi, and a little giveaway that's actually a little bit bittersweet. And I will also be sharing with you a Shetland dialect name for a knitting stitch or technique. Do you think you know what a Rizzy Gang is or does? More on that in a bit. Well, the weather has begun to get a little bit more season appropriate. <laughs> um, I hope it is with you too. I love this time of year. Gardens and fields and verge sides starting to burn with colour and growth and nature is in a state of twitterpation, um, as they say on Bambi. I think it's the owl. I love hearing the bird life around here, the bird song and birdie parents either getting busy or getting busy feeding their young and nest building. And I've been trying to record some new sounds for the podcast to sort of illustrate the time of year. If I get round to it, I will edit the walk that me and the lovely fella did recently to record some gulls, which was quite hilarious. Battling with the mic and the wind and seagulls either getting busy with one another or fighting with one another over girl or guy gull. That was a state of high Twitter patience. <laughs> Have you been watching Springwatch, BBC Springwatch programme? I haven't been watching it religiously this time around, but I usually tune in, you know, for some lovely post-tea time wildlife loveliness and then you end up getting caught into some really intense drama. Well, despite the drama, it's still an absolutely fascinating insight into nature and wildlife. And even if there are sort of bitter and cannibalism and baby rabbit apocalypses and... um, Oh, fledgling fears when they're trying to get out of the nest and will they make it? <laughs> uh, as I record this, I haven't actually edited any of my sound clips that I had recorded. But one that you won't get, <laughs> that I was really after, was to get some newborn lammy noises. And one Sunday, uh, the lovely fella and I went absolutely scouring fields, nearby fields, with the mic in hand. Talk about Silence of the Lambs. There were fields of sheep and lambs. And there was nearly a bar. <laughs> um, I reckon they all had Mike shyness. Uh, I always say that there's a very thin line between in, a la- in lambs where they're really, really vocal and they might run up to the fence and want to see you. And then there's the flip side of that where they get a bit more wary and don't come near. And I think all those ones were at that stage. So you don't have any new sheepy noises, but I will endeavour to get some. We also went to see some Shetland ponies. <laughs> they didn't neigh or whinny or anything like that so um, but I will pop some pictures because we got some good photos of the Shetland ponies. Can I just apologise for any local wildlife sounds that you might hear in the background today. I'm recording during the day and there's quite a bit of traffic of the foot and of the car variety and while I sort of endeavour to pause while there's a car or people going past sometimes it's not easy. I don't have a there's not a room that there isn't a window attached to so Uh, Unfortunately, there might be a bit of local colour wildlife going past. Anyway, enough of uh, getting Twitterpated. Let's get on with the show. (laughs) 
So Shetland Words for Knitting, I got that idea to have a sort of semi-regular section on this when I was at Jimson's of Shetland one day and they had, or they have, bags, canvas bags and on the back of them there are lots of different words, mostly archaic words that have been used for knitting in the Shetland dialect. Some of them are still used, some of them are just Shetland variations in, in pronunciation. But there are some really good ones on there and I thought I would share them with you. So, a Rizzy Geng. What do you think it is? I thought it might be something to do with cutting, Rizzy, razor. But I'm doing a little bit of research. I found that Geng is a Shetland word which can mean to go, to Geng, Geng to the shops. But it also means through fair or flow and it also means a row in knitting. And Rizzy is the dialect word for a ridge. So, are you getting any closer to figuring out what it might be? Well, in Shetland, this term, Rizzy Geng, isn't really applied to the stitch um, that it refers to anymore. But we do call it Riggies uh, here, which also means ridges. And Riggies, or Rizzy Geng, means garter stitch. Uh, the Shetland Dictionary doesn't have an entry for the term itself, um, but I would surmise that Rizzy Geng is quite an archaic knitting term. Um, but I'd love to hear from anybody who actually uses it. In the later Shetland Dialect Dictionary, which has had significantly more research done over the years than the original Shetland Dictionary, um, it says that the origin of Riggy is Riggy is the Old Norse Hrigger, which, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's H-R-Y-G-G-R, which means rig, ridge. But riggy can also mean spine or backbone. Um, and it's true, I mean, that if you think of somebody with a protruding backbone, um, you know, the bumps are quite like garter bumps. I never thought of it like that before, but maybe Shetland ancestors were quite literal in how they how they apply these terms. Um I like that. I like Riggies, um, the name Riggies for garter stitch. It makes me, well, garter stitch is one of my most favourite stitches to see row on row. And it's true, I mean, I often think of of garter stitch like sort of rows of ploughed fields, which could also be called rigs. So yeah, Riggies, ridges, uh, Rizzy Gang, uh, which is an old Chetland knitting term for garter stitch. So hopefully next time I might have another one for you. If you know of any similar knitting terms that um, are local to your region of the UK or further further afield, any peculiar dialect terms or regional terms for in knitting, then let me know. Drop me a line. Uh, you can contact me via the website. You can tweet me. And I should say, in keeping with the theme of Twitter patient, uh, in this episode, I have changed my uh, Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is now at knit underscore British, um, which sort of keeps things in a nice flow. So if you have, if you know of any quirky terms for knitting, uh, either could be archaic, could be still used in your in your region, drop me a line, drop me a tweet. Who knows, next podcast we could have another Shetland term or we could have a term from somewhere near you. Thank you.
I have a giveaway this this episode, but it's a little bit bittersweet. I was really sad to hear recently that Artisano had discontinued their British wool range. I was even more disappointed because Artisano had given me some of their range of yarns to give away, which is the Blueface Blend. Got this from Artisano at the end of last year. And, but, you know, time goes on, they were working on a brilliant new website and Christmas got in the way. And, yeah, recently I got in touch with them and said, this this is probably a good time to think about doing another, uh, doing the interview and the giveaway. And I was really sad to hear from them that they decided to discontinue the range, which also, as well as the British Blue Face Blend, included a chunky superwash. I really hummed and hawed about giving away this yarn because... You know, it was given to me to give away and I don't think I should keep it because quite often the giveaways and things that we have, I fund them myself. But this was given for the, you know, the specific reason to give away to somebody lucky to use. So I thought I, I really did think hard about it. I thought, no, I'm going to give it away anyway because Artisano, they haven't gone away. They haven't gone anywhere. They still have an absolutely wonderful range of yarns and a really great ethos when it comes to the yarn that they um, work with and dye and sell and produce so even though they don't do the British blends anymore it can't hurt so the yarn that well it's still available but has been discontinued it's it's the British Blueface blend it was spun at Laxton's Specialist Yarns in Yorkshire where the other yarn in the brand was also spun it's British Blueface Superwash. It is called a blend. I'm not sure what the blend is, but it is 100% wool. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what it's blended with, but it is 100% wool. There is a little bit of sturdiness in there, so it's making me think that there's possibly a nice bit of sheepy wool in there along with the soft lustrous BFL. The colour that I have here is Beryl, which is a bright burning blue. It's gorgeous. It's it's jewelled blue. Uh, in some lights it's green, in some lights it's more turquoise. It's double knit and I've got two skeins up for grabs at 120 yards each. That's probably a nice small project amount, I think. A couple of hats or a shawlette possibly. It is super washed, so it can be washed in the machine at 30 degrees. It can also be tumble dried and low and ironed. So it's going to be a really lovely yarn for those of you who need their woolen knits to be a little bit bit more easily manageable when it comes to washing and and caring for i knit the tin can knits hat rosebud uh, in this yarn for my niece a while ago um, and i really enjoyed how it knitted up it's got that blue face lester luster um, as i say it feels slightly more sturdy than a blue face lester so and the fact that it's easy care means it's going to stand up to a lot more wearing to be honest i'm, I'm I'm really quite disappointed that this and the Artisano Chunky British yarns have been discontinued. I mean, this yarn only came out end of September and October, September, October last year. And a lot of knitters that I've talked to about this yarn didn't even know that it existed. So maybe it was just the wrong time for, for the company. Maybe they just want to focus on other things. You know, maybe it hasn't had a fair crack of the whip, but I'm really glad that it, it was out there for a little while. And even though it's going to be difficult to get a hold of maybe it's nice to be it's a nice British wool and it's nice to be able to give it away to somebody but it's a shame it's a big shame uh, to see British yarn coming off the market when we have such a wonderful resource of wool and fibre in the UK and yeah it's a bit sad however 
As I said, Artisano are still going strong. And as I said, they've got a beautiful new website. And if you have a look on there, they've got some beautiful definition sock yarns, pretty alpaca yarns with Donegal nips. And of course, they're famous for their alpaca yarns. And there's also their partnership with the cooperative Manash del Uruguay, which is a producing fair trade hand-dyed yarns from South America. So if you like your yarns fair trade and you you know you it's important to you the process that your yarn goes through to get to you and the fact that it benefits somebody else then it's a really 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 good yarn so as i say it's discontinued but while stocks last if you would like to get your hands on some i know that macari brothers have it which is mcadirect.com pearlcityyarns.com had the yarn and mingledyarns.co.uk so if you'd like to be in with a chance to get your hands on this yarn before it's gone, <laughs> some artisano British blue face blend double knit, then you can leave a comment on the show page, uh, the page in which links to this podcast. And in the comment section, tell me about a yarn that you were disappointed when it was discontinued and I'll draw the winner on the next uh, episode of the podcast. If you read the blog, you would have seen the, a little post I did this week about my trip to the Black Isle for the Highland uh, Wool Festival and some um, wooly fun. Uh, this was the first Highland Wool Festival, and I really hope it's not the last. It was held at the Marts in Dingwall, and it was huge. I would say, hazard to say that it might even be bigger or just as big as the marts that Woolfest is held in. It is a huge mart, huge area. There were about 58 stalls and these were in two places within the marts. Um, there was a sa- the sa- in the sail ring and in the cattle pens and there was also an excellent and massive cafe uh, with glorious amounts of good food and gigantic cakes. I didn't have one but they were gigantic. I don't think I could have held a slice of their Victoria sponge in my two hands it was so big i'd gone to the this event with the mantra of you do not need wool 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 <laughs> and for the most part i managed I, I did manage that my first purchase wasn't even wooly actually i had got some lovely uh, collage landscape cards so that was quite a good start i thought yeah i'm, I'm off to a good start here i'm not even buying anything wooly related <laughs> Uh, then <laughs> I was drawn to Kiki's Crafts and she had come from Loch Karen and had a large selection of fibres and bats. Um, now I learned to drop spindle a few years ago and I neglected it for ages. Um, but I thought if I saw some nice fibre I might buy some and get back into the spinning again. Because I have a bit of an RSI at the moment. Um, I don't think it's knitting related. I think it's possibly more since I've moved desk at my work. But knitting, you know, can can assist with something like that. And I do do a lot of stretches and and things. But I've been trying to lay off the knitting just a smidge, just a smidge. Um, and I find have spent find spinning this week has been quite good for um, for that. You know, not doing the same action. I bought some fibre from from uh, Kiki's Crafts, which isn't wool. It will become wool, but it isn't wool. So you see, you do not need wool, you do not need wool. That was working that then, that mantra. Uh, it was lovely Shetland and Merino uh, with a wee drop of sparkling and there's lots of reds and greens. It's very, very sumptuous. And she also had mini, mini, nitty noddies. That wasn't easy to say, mini, nitty noddies. Uh, 
<laughs> which if you don't know that's a tool to skein your wool. I actually made one when I first began spindling. Isn't that very DIY of me? <laughs> I went uh, into my dear late dad's shed and sort of cobbled together. I mean, it wasn't very pretty, granted, but it wasn't nitty noddy. I mean, it's amazing what you can do with a bit of two by four and some dowel rod. <laughs> um, and that worked perfectly. I even measured it so that, you know, each round was a metre so that when I counted my each strand of my hand spun wool, it was one metre and I could sort of approximate. You see? Got some, I got some smarts somewhere in here. There are some smarts in this brain. But actually, I ended up giving that away to somebody who was doing a bit more spindling. I passed it on to someone else to get the good of it. So, But I saw this little mini nitty noddy. thought, oh, that's quite cute. I'll get that. And it was very reasonably priced as well. So some beautiful bats and a little nitty noddy. Um, a mini nitty noddy. <laughs> One stall that I was really excited to visit was Yarn Garden. Having followed Louise and George on Twitter for a while, I was really keen to see their yarns you know up close and it was a lovely opportunity to have a chat with Louise and her hubby George about a new British yarn base and I don't want to spoil it so I'll talk about it more in the next podcast or when they're close to launching this new yarn but if you aren't familiar with Yarn Garden please go and have a look at their website and check out their yarns and they're really thoroughly lovely people as well as uh, the producers of uniquely dyed yarns. I snaffled one of their kits, actually, uh, which is a Katja Frankel kit. Um, and I'm really looking forward to casting that on. That's the... Oh, of course, I haven't written it down. But it's a hat pattern, which is inspired by wild garlic. And there we go. There's more wildlifey, uh, naturey inspirations on the theme, yeah. So I'm looking forward to casting that on, although I suspect that'll be a, a hat for the niece, or one of the nieces. At 11.30... On that day, I was supposed to be meeting Louise Hunt from the Caithness Craft Collective podcast at the Ripples Crafts stall, along with Kelly from Cairngorm Bags. Um, but Caithness Craft Louise wasn't there. So anyway, I had a lovely squish of Helen's yarns and spoke to her for a wee, wee while, but her stall was quite high in demand. So I had another wee wander, found a nice bag stall, and it happened to be Karen Grom bags, um, so I had a quick catch up with Kelly there before looking for that elusive Louise again. So I wandered a wee bit more, found a few more stalls, and then was totally sidetracked by uh, the Shillsdale Sky Shop stall. Oh, I love their yarn. Um, so I bought a skein of their Luxury DK. It was louder. The need to have it, the, the way that it was calling to me, was louder than my mantra. So I... I sort of succumbed to that one. But as I say, I really love the yarn. The yarns have a lovely sensory effect, um, you know, as well as that lovely woolly warmness and deep colours. It was nice talking to Judy as well, because we'd corresponded in the past on, on yarns. Um, so so there was my only actual wool purchase. So it was I didn't do too badly. Eventually, I spotted Louise near the uh, Ripplescraft stall, and I think my first words to her were, and where have you been? <laughs> which is <laughs> which is probably not the usual words that you say to people when you first meet them in real life. <laughs> but I think because we've tweeted for so long and uh, been friends uh, on on uh, social media, uh, then it was quite easy to slip straight into friendly banter. 
<laughs> uh, Louise had Sandy and Daisy, uh, her kids, with her. And if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear them laughing and, uh, and sort of introducing each section on a podcast. So it was lovely to meet them. And I had to laugh because when Louise asked Daisy to guess what my name was, <laughs> when she when she found out it was Louise, she said, uh-oh, double trouble. <laughs> and she had a lovely mum with her as well. Now, I didn't actually know Louise's mum's name um, because she's always mentioned on the podcast, but of course she's always called mum. But uh, her name is Celia and what a lovely lady she is. I can see where Louise gets her sense of humour from. She had me cracking up every time she mentioned going to the Celtic Pipeline Knitting Retreat in Maine because any sort of mention of going to America was prefaced by La 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 America. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She's a top, top lady. Um, really lovely. So after hugs and introductions, we had a wee wander around. And I have to say, I was really, really impressed by the selection of stall holders. And there was heaps of room for more stalls. Although I can quite understand that they maybe wanted to play it safe in the first year and not have um, a great deal of stalls. But the 58, I think, was pretty good going, really. I found Sky Blue Pink's uh, stand. Uh, and at Woolfest, I had bought heaps of buttons from them. Um, but this time it was the comb tops that um, drew me in. And there was a really eye-catching Shetland Polworth in blend in pale blues with streaks of more striking purples and blues. And at £5 for 100 grams, I thought that was really excellently priced. And so, of course, I purchased it. Um, Sky Blue Pink also sell a lot of hand-spun yarns and are big into British wool breeds. I will be sure to put up details on the show page. I sort of planned on, on doing a workshop while I was at the Highland Wool Festival, um, which was bookmaking with textiles, but quite close to the start of the event, then this was cancelled, and it was a real shame. Um, but they had a good range of crafty courses. But I felt that the knitting one was a bit too basic, and nothing else had jumped out for me personally um, to do, apart from tweed bag making, but that one had been sold out for quite some time, I think. But it was great, because... I had plenty more time to sort of schmooze and shop and enjoy the, the delights of the cafe, uh, which, by the way, hats off to the ladies there. Really kept busy the whole day long, so hats off to them. It was nice to meet Jen Hen and her pal Morag, who we kept bumping into over the day. And, and it was also very nice to meet Beth via Louise, too. Very, very satisfying day, schmooze-wise. Um, and it was really nice to put some uh, names and faces together. Uh, after tweeting and being on Ravelry for for a long time, it was nice to finally meet some people in the flesh. I really hope that there's a second Highland Wool Festival and it keeps going. You know, there is scope uh, for that and I think there could be far more stalls and it would be nice to have a meet-up area um, where folk can meet and sit and knit. And It really was a lovely day and it was a great weekend altogether. I really had such a fantastic time. It was a good opportunity to catch up with a friend of mine who lives nearby. We went to Loch Ness side. We had a little puddle around Doors Beach and we drove around. We went to the station hotel in Och, which is spelt A-V-O-C-H, and went for a lovely run around that area up to Chandry Point and it was a really, really lovely weekend. I had a fantastic time and I really hope to win again. Pencil on that in in the diary for next year too. I am really, really in love with my most recent cast-off. It's the Lush Cardi by Tin Can Knits and 
I have loved it ever since I cast it on. In fact, I loved it even before then when I first saw it, first saw the pattern uh, and the, the sample at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival last year. I love it. It's knitted in uh, Brigantia wool double knit in ruby red, which is sometimes really red in some lights and other times very burgundy, whiny clarity. You might r- remember from my ro- uh, Ramona cardigan that I have been trying to stop modifying things because quite often I will make, you know, knit garments longer. Or So I really try not to make my own modifications. Lush is meant to be knit, I think it's an inch smaller than your bra size, inch to three inches smaller than your bra size. I'm not quite sure if that's right now. I'll, I'll need to clarify that in the blog. I wasn't really sure about this, doing this. I, so I, I like my cardies to be quite fitted, but I was worried about knitting a fitted cardigan for the first time, just in case it shrunk or something. I sort of had a uh, a conversation with a friend who said, oh, you know, I'd said about knitting something to fit. And she says, oh, well, I would, you know, don't you just want to sort of dress for comfort? And I said, yeah, but then if I can knit something, I can make it to fit and make it to flatter. So, you know, I should be able to do that rather than knitting it bigger. Um, and so, and I do like big, big cardies too, oversized cardies, but I was just, I was just a little bit trepidatious about knitting something a size smaller than than um than I am because you know I'm not self like um <laughs> and you know I don't want to look like I've been on a boil wash <laughs> so <laughs> it was a little bit trepidatious but you know then I thought well I really trust Tinka Knits patterns and you know they know far more about knitting than me so I just went ahead and knitted it as I was supposed to um, and so glad that I did because um, it's lovely. Lush um, features lovely lace yoke featuring a leaf design and this is knit first um, and then blocked and then you pick up the stitches for the collar and do your short rows and your collar and your ribbing and then then you pick up the stitches for the body. And I quite like my tension on this cardi. I mean, I used I, um, I used the Brigantia with my Adi fixed needles, uh, turbos. But I do maybe think wooden needles might have been better because although I like my tension, it was a little bit slow because, you know, the needles were a bit slippy um, on the wool. But nevertheless, it was a really lovely knit. Um, I really did enjoy it. Um, as I've said before, tin can knits patterns are simple but beautifully written um, and there's always a bit of interest to keep your attention um, in the garment. Also, most of the garments are sized from babies to adults, which is brilliant and I think more designers should think about um, ranges of sizes when uh, when they uh, publish patterns. It's lovely to have, um, you know, and and think about sizes too because um, I know I have seen quite not this is sort of I'm sort of um, digressing now but um, you know sometimes you see patterns they say they're extra large extra large with a 38 inch bust mm, that really annoys me I know there's no hard and fast rules when it comes to small medium large and extra large and so on and so on but let's get realistic people yeah let's get realistic I dig- as I say, I digress because tin can knits have an, a fantastic range of sizes, and they should be trusted when it comes to talk. When it comes to you know discussing positive and negative ease, because as I say, they really do know their stuff. I I really do adore the fit, and I got so many compliments at the Highland Wool Festival. 
In fact, as I said, I was at the Shillersdale stall and they were really pleased to see me because they were selling the book which the pattern is in, which is handmade in the UK by Tin Can Knits. So I could have stood there all day and modelled for them, but it wasn't in their wool. So, <laughs> um, But yes, I got lots of compliments, which is really, really nice. Nice to get compliments on something that you've made, you know, with your own two hands. It's just all part of that sort of finished object satisfaction my cast-ons are both baby-orientated because it's getting perilously close to my knitting deadline, i.e. my sister's due date. Um, I cast on, oh, I always say this wrong, I'm going to say Maley by uh, Nikki Vandekar. I've knit this before for our niece in New Zealand and this time around I use blacker swan yarn in turquoise. Um, I, I'm not knitting gender-specific. I think turquoise can work can be rocked by a boy or a girl depending on um, contrast and colour and buttons and things so Swan is dreamy soft Falkland Merino and possibly a bit of Corridale although I don't have the yarn here with me but I'll put it on the show notes this is a four ply and is going to be lovely against baby skin and my sister will also love me because it's machine washable um, at 30 degrees what I also like about this yarn in particular is that it has got a little provenance of where the yarn came from I saw on one of the Ravelry groups recently that there was a little bit of a a little bit of backlash going on about um, Falklands wool and and that it's not British Um, I have sort of discussed this on the blog before for me I had a bit of a struggle with it in the beginning thinking how far it's come but the Falklands is part of Britain and the wool, um, particularly um, if you buy it from Blacker or John Arbin or Laxton's, is processed and spun in the UK. So for me, even if you don't believe that it's a British bred yarn, British bred wool, it has a lot of its processing and becomes a finished object in this country. So to me, Falklands Merino is a British yarn. Um, I don't mind it. I, I think that of all the the wools that we do um, um, bring into this country, then it's sort of a lesser of of um, many evils because, as I say, it's you can argue the British are not British, but it comes into this country, processed in this country. People involved in the British wool industry are involved in creating that ball of yarn that we get. So for me, it's all good. Digressing again slightly. Sorry about that. I have been knitting vivid squares um, as well in the West Yorkshire Spinners Air Valley, which is 75% pure wool and 25% nylon. And I'm keeping it neutral this time with white and oatmeal colours. Um, and I'm alt- alternating. I've got um, you know, a white border, oatmeal, uh, white centre, oatmeal border, oatmeal centre, white um, border. Is that, did I say that right? Did I just say border, border, centre, centre or something like <laughs> forgive me um you know what i mean this i'm making the squares quite big so they'll be about nine inches each and i I could get away with nine squares i think make a good sized blanket for a baby but i could go 12 um i've got plenty of yarn uh if you haven't discovered west yorkshire spinners yet then please go and check out their website they have a great range of yarns brilliant colors they have um the natural colors but they also have great ranges um very very sumptuous colors um they have a range that's inspired by spicy colors they have a sweet shop range 
most of the, most of the yarns are all machine washable and very very good for kids and uh, knitting kids garments definitely vivid is also tin can knits which i'm realizing that this episode is becoming a bit of an unofficial tin can knits loving i think most of my episodes becoming <laughs> become um, a bit of unofficial lovings for certain designers do you find that you knit or maybe unconsciously consciously possibly um you know a whole spate of of one designer for a while i find sometimes i I sort of not fall well. It's if it's a hole to fall into, it's a very nice hole to fall into. Knit, knitting with one designer, but I'm very, very, very into tin can knits patterns, and, and I can't recommend them highly enough. And I have done in the past, and I will do in the future. Um, again, it's um, an interesting pattern to sort of hold your attention. Vivid. There's a well. I like to think of it as a sort of a, a spinning star, but it might possibly a flower pattern. But it sort of blooms. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a star. It sort of blooms from from the center outwards. So you start with a pinhole cast on, for which there is, if you haven't done it before, easy tutorial in the pattern to do that. And then there's a garter border, um, uh, uh, Rizzy Gangs, <laughs> border of rig- Riggies Aplenty. It's a fast knit. I can sort of if I'm knitting in one sort of evening session, I can knock out one in an evening and. The pattern is quite memorable that you can do it in front of the TV too, which hooray for that. So I don't think it'll take long at all to finish the blanket and the, the baby cardigan. <laughs> yes, I didn't really say anything more about the Melee cardigan and the, and the Falklands wool because I got got a bit got a bit sidetracked there, didn't I? Sorry about that. The card the little baby cardigan um by Nikki Bandekar is from her book What to Knit When You're Expecting and it features a little lace, sort of vine lace detail um, at the raglan shoulder shaping and it's knit from the bottom up. And this knitting with this yarn has just been really, really lovely, really lovely. I'll put all the links to the patterns on the show page because obviously this is the episode where I keep on digressing and keep on forgetting to tell you important details. So, um, so yes, so hopefully it, it won't be long before I finish both items and maybe next time I'll be telling you about the recipient too. <laughs> ah, it's time for a yarn review. I haven't had one for ages but I, I, I'm sort of having yarn backing up at the moment so hopefully over the next few podcasts I should have a yarn review and wool shop shout outs for you. There's sort of been a sort of been a battle with finishing objects and you know casting on samples for for the yarn that I'm reviewing so I'd like to thank everybody who has recently sent me yarn to review and um, thank you for your understanding that it will be um, in future episodes. This episode's yarn review is by Skin Queen. Um, I was really really excited to hear on Twitter or read on Twitter that Debbie Orr aka Skin Queen was working on a new British yarn with a base spun at John Arbin. Being a Scot living in England, Debbie wanted to create a yarn inspired by the referendum, which I really, really like that idea. The yarn base is 100% wool, Scottish down cross, which is Suffolk from the Highlands blended with Cheviot. And the result is Uzi, which is a lovely, plumpy, double-knit yarn. And when I heard about the base, I couldn't wait to see the colours that Debbie would put on it. Uh, If you're not familiar with Skin Queen, Debbie dyes yarns which have often have a really generous dash of something luxury in the fibre, camel or silk or cashmere. And every time I'd go over to her shop, the, the cupboards were nearly bare. And it's because 
her yarns are just so popular. If you are interested in luxury, beautifully hand-dyed yarns, I would go over to the blog, uh, to the website, which is www.skeenqueenyarns.co.uk and, and sign up for the shop updates so that you know when these yarns are going into the shop. You get a lovely email with a preview of all the delicious yarns and I made sure that I was online when the update for Uzi went up. Went up. Um, the yarn is double knit. It's a full si- and it's in a full size skein is two hundred grams and five hundred meters. So you're getting really great meterage here, really great. I went for a few mini skeins um, to try out, and if I can digress again, <laughs> just for a moment, uh, a pause and say I wish more dyers did mini skeins, single and packs off, because they're an absolute delight and they're a great way to try out yarn for the first time. Especially if it's a luxury hand dye. We have yarn budgets. We don't want to go for a yarn that maybe looks good, but we're not sure sure if we can cope with the fibres because some of us have allergies. You know, there's lots of things to consider. I, and I am seeing more and more uh, little, little grey sheep I saw on Twitter, which I think they're littlegreysheep.co.uk. Um, I, I noticed they're starting to do mini skeins and Eden Cottage Yarn do mini skeins and I think they're great. I think they're a really good way of getting people to try out your yarns and I think they're fantastic for colour work and experimenting with colour. So yeah, uh, I, you know, that's my little plea. More mini skeins, please. <laughs> I went for the foxy colourway and it really is foxy. It's It reminds me of a fox's rough. There's lots of sort of rusty shades and peaches, oranges and little flecks of, of lighter colours. It's really, really pretty. The yarn is lovely. It's got a sheepy halo uh, and some, you know, somebody laughed at me um, for my descriptions of some wools as sheepy. But you, you know what I mean. It's... It's not a smooth merino, it's woolly, it's sheepy. In fact, the, the, the term oozy means woolly in, um, you know, oo being a regional variation of wool, actually still widely used in Shetland, oo. Um, so yes, sheepy wool. And um, for me, I like the sheepy ones. I like the ones that you can, you can tell are woolly wools. <laughs> I'm a, I, I love how wool feels in your hand as well, but I find when you squish wool in your palm, it can be a very different feeling to actually working with the yarn. So to test softness, I sort of get a length of wool and r- feed it through my thumb and forefinger. Um, I think that's a better test of working softness than squishing wool. Uzi has, has a lovely softness ever so slightly rustic I don't mean scratchy, it's very airy very lofty Uh, the fibres are tickly soft through the fingers Um, and I knitted up another vivid square just because I was sort of on a square knitting bent and I I thought that would be quite a nice one to to sample the yarn in. The stitch definition is fantastic. The garter stitch border is really bouncy and springy and the definition of the of the stitches in, is lovely in the lace centre. Um, the hand-dyed hues are so eye-catching. Those lovely sort of auburns and rusts and peaches really pop. It's a really, really lovely yarn. Uzi is going to be perfect all-round yarn. Great for hats and accessories, but it's going to be a spectacular sweater yarn. Uh, Suffolk and Cheviot have a very airy, lofty fleece, and so it's going to really is going to be perfect for for most knits and quite, quite cosy. 
I'd love to cast on a sweater or a cardi, <laughs> seeing as this is a tin ca- an official tin can that's loving. Um, windswept, which is a lovely sweater that I've had my eye on for quite some time with beautiful lace panels down the middle and a v-neck. In fact, the first time that I was aware of Skin Queen wool was when um, Tin Canets published Lush, Lush Cardi because the sample was knitted in her voluptuous yarn and she was at the Edinburgh Yarn Festival and had to stall there and I got to sort of squeeze that yarn and it, and it really is voluptuous, it's lovely. Do seek out Uzi, particularly fantastic for... Um, all you British breed fans out there and I actually think that um, if you want to, to, to try British yarn for the first time this would be a lovely example to start with. Uh, soft, really really beautifully dyed, really really springy and bouncy, a lovely lovely British breed yarn. Um, but obviously the, the huge amount of yardage is a big draw and let's not forget to mention the absolutely beautiful colours that Debbie has put on this yarn. Really, really beautiful colours. It costs £22 for 200 grams. 200 grams slash 500 metres. So even one skein, you're going to get a lot out of it if you're knitting accessories, hat and wristies. Or it's a, a, I think it's a really great amount. And when there are many skeins, these are 25 metres and they cost £1.50 each. Again, more mini skeins please dyers do this i think it's fantastic to get your wool out there and get more people sampling it and and fantastic for fair isle i think uzi will be a fantastic uh, yarn to sample your fair isle color work and i can just imagine how those hues will look in fair isle, fair isle pattern just beautiful so you should go over to that website and sign up now for shop updates because you never know what fantasticness is going to be in the shop and it will be gone before you know it. So that is Uzi by Skin Queen. Double knit, £22 for 200 grams. The gauge is 21 stitches to 28 rows on 4mm needles. Lovely, soft, bouncy, springy yarn. Go and check it out. Well, that's almost it for another episode. But hellos to some folks, as per usual. Hello to Louise Hunt and company, especially her lovely mum, Celia. I hope I didn't go too crazy with my enabling when you were trying to choose yarn, Celia. (laughs) I am um, a bad enabler, or a good enabler, depending on how you look at it. Thanks to messages from Ravelers, uh, Cara Bia, who was binge listening to podcasts in Wales. To Tooth Fairy M, I didn't get the chance to see you at the Highland Wool Festival. I'm really sad about that because I was going to give you a message when I was there and there was just no signal at all. So I'm really sorry about that, Tooth Fairy M. I hope to meet you again another time. To Season Shade, to hello to Jim Jams Blue, who's knitting with New Lanark in Australia, and Sally from Alaska, who is also now in Australia. Hello to Jen Hen, and to a big shout out to new Knit British Ravelry Group members, Louise Loves Yarn, Crystal Tips, Monty Mouse, Marta B, and Dun Macroom. Also, many, many thanks to uh, A Playful Day, who had me guest on her blog recently, she has a Love Our Indie series, which is definitely worth a read. And it gives a lot of insight into the work inspiration and some of the challenges on being an indie yarn seller, spinner, diet, etc, etc. So um, thank you very much for asking me to be part of that. I really enjoyed it. 
And that really is it for another episode. Don't forget, you can get in touch with me. I love getting messages. And if you're a member of the Knit British group on Ravelry and I have not added you as a friend, please add me because it's been quite hard. I like to add everyone that's in the group as a friend. I like to add people um, as friends. So if I haven't added you, please send me a friend request. So on on Ravelry, you'll find me there as Lira, L-E-I-R-A. On Twitter, as I mentioned before, I have changed my Twitter handle recently. So, uh, Knit British, all one word was taken. So, if you remember to put a gap in there, it's knit underscore British. Uh, That's where I'll be on Twitter. And, as always, you'll find me at www.knitbritish.net. And, of course, as I mentioned, we've got the Knit British Ravelry group there as well. So, drop in and say hello. Um, remember, you can be uh, in with a chance of winning the Artisano BFL yarn by commenting on the show page a yarn that you like that was discontinued. If you leave a comment there uh, with that information, I will draw the winner for the next podcast. I'm off now with a lovely fellow for a drive. I hope you are enjoying the weather where you are. And if not, I hope you are curled up somewhere with your knitting and you're managing to make the best of it. I hope you'll join me for the next podcast for more of the same it's been really nice having you here i will see you again soon music is from musicalley.com and you can find all the links on the show page great to talk to you and i'll see you again soon 